Welcome to the Mind Matters Podcast. This is the first one, and I am super excited. My name is Neil Sandlin. I am a pastor here in the DFW area at Calvary Hill Baptist Church, Mesquite more specifically. And we, um, I have a co-host with me that I am super, super excited about. This is my brother. This is my uh, co-minister, and uh, let me introduce you to David Adamson. David, what's up, brother? Hey, guys. Hey, man. What's up? I am uh, so excited. We have been talking about this thing for months and months. Yes. We've been talking about the ministry uh, of mental health for years. Right. David came to me, I mean, how many years ago was it? Oh, it was, yeah, it was a few years at least. Yeah. yeah. Just saying, hey, Neil, I want to be used to help in a mental mental health ministry. And right. so... Um, we haven't always known exactly what to do. Uh, we, we were open with this issue, but this was an opportunity for us to get a podcast going that can can deal with something that's really, really important to us in yes. our heart. And, and the reason for this podcast is to help provide Christians. And, and we know non-Christians may be listening to this podcast too, and, and all the resources that we'll give and the conversations that we'll have will mean something right. to them. But we want to provide Christians with the encouragement and the resources necessary to love God with all their minds. Right. That's a command in scripture. Love the Lord yes. your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so often, David, Christians and, and in Christian circles, we don't do a good job of helping each other love God with our minds. Right. You know, we might right. focus on the soul or the heart and the strength, right. but we kind of push the mind off to the side or we don't quite deal with the mind the way that we do uh, other issues right. in our lives. It's and, like it's like some foreign part of ourselves since we can't concretely say this is the mind other than knowing the brain and how right. it works. We, we don't have this concrete idea of what it is, so we just say it's a floaty spiritual thing. And we don't, we don't know what to really do with know. it. We don't know what to do with it. We don't know yeah. what to do with it. What, yeah. what, what, what do we do with our minds? Right. And when the mind takes a back seat, then mental health is going to take a back seat. Right. I mean, there's no right. way of, of even, se- separating the two. Yeah, right? it even affects you physically. When, you're, when your mind is, is messed up, you're physically going to be hurting. You could... You could feel sick. You could feel lots of different right. ways, all that kind of stuff because of your mind. Yeah. And, and when the mind and mental health takes a back seat, it's like what we said a while ago, it leaves this void in human beings that we don't know what to do with. Right. And we don't know how to deal with it. And, and we hope that in the smallest of ways yeah. that this podcast can be used to help fill that void. Yeah. In the lives of people who listen to this, that we can help deal with taking the mind that's in the back seat right. and bringing it up to the front seat right. and dealing with some of these issues. Because yes. we believe that the mind matters. Yes. Um, we, we believe that the matters of the mind should be dealt with, should be talked about, should be um, prayed over, should be yes. discussed. And just like anything else that makes up the human condition, just right. like anything else that makes up human nature, we, we don't want to leave that out of our lives. And so we've started this podcast to be able to do that. And we're very, very excited about it. David and I have big plans on, on topics and episodes, and we, uh, we just want you to be along for the ride. We want you to be a part of what we are doing. And, and something that we're going to do, this was David's idea, and I, I think it's a great idea. Uh, each episode, we're going to do a mind check. 
And what, what were you kind of thinking, David, when you wanted to, to, when you came to me and said, Hey, let's do a mind check every week. Yeah. So basically when, when we are telling people to always keep that back of the mind at the front seat, right? Think about how you're feeling. Think about what's going on. I, I know for myself daily, I ask myself, how are we feeling? Yeah, how are we doing today? How are we doing? How are we doing soul? Like da- King David did in the yes. song. How am I doing? Am I, am I cast down? Am I, am I feeling good? Right. And if I'm not feeling good, why am I not feeling good? And so it's good to discuss those things even with yourself, but it's even better to discuss it with a friend. Yeah. And so I just wanted to kind of create that atmosphere where mm-hmm. it's a normal thing to do to come to see someone and not just say, Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing good. When inside right, right. you're going through hell, yeah. but you actually say, this is where my mind's at. I'm thinking this way. I know what truth is, yeah. but I can't, fi- I can't connect it. What do I do here? It's, it's yeah. that kind of thing that and I, I want to bring that atmosphere. Out. And I think what, what you said is so important. Yes, we ask ourselves, but when we can talk with somebody else about our mental health mm-hmm. and where our mind is at, there is such communion and camaraderie in that. Yes. The devil doesn't want you to, no. right? Our enemy no. does not want us to discuss those not things. He wants to isolate us, especially with right. mind issues. And so we want to normalize talking about our minds. Yes. And so we want to demonstrate that on every episode. Now we're not going to do that this episode simply for the sake of time, but we will be doing that every episode moving forward. And, uh, but don't worry, you're going to get a lot about our minds today because we're <laughs> going to, we're going to give our testimonies in just a minute about why this is so important to us and, and what God has done in our own lives. And so today's episode, episode one, from the very beginning, At the very start, we want to discuss the importance of mental health and why it is biblical to make it a priority. So thanks for joining joining us. Let's get into it. Let's do it. What we want to do in this first segment is we want to kind of give you our mental health testimonies. And David, I'm going to let you go first and just kind of start wherever you want to start and go back as far as you want to go back. And I'll ask some questions or or, um, point some things out that I think are important um, as as you're sharing. So why don't you go ahead first? All right. Yeah. So for me, I just know that I've always been a kid that was driven by fear. Hmm. I was controlled by fear. Um, I had a lot of panic attacks as a child, even as young as eight years old. Um, I remember having those and having these issues to where I got to the point by age 11 that my parents thought that I needed to see therapy. So you you had fear issues and panic issues at the age of eight, but the yeah. fear issues before that, that you, oh, yeah, you had in your life. Always had that clinginess where I had to be around my parents. They were the ones that I, I felt safe with. Were you fear, them. fearing death? Were you fearing pain yeah. and hurt? Yeah, I would say all the above. I would oh, say man. death, fear of any of getting hurt of any kind, but my identity was definitely connected to the safety of my if parents. If I'm with my parents, I'm good. And then so, so then at, at 11, they, what, what, what made you get help at 11? Like what so, happened that made you be like, okay, my parents are going to put me in, get, yeah. put me in counseling. At 11, I had a major panic attack at a doctor's office because my mom was going to be taken to the, to the to the doctor and I was going to stay in the waiting room. And for some reason I just couldn't have that. I was having an irrational fear that she was going to die. I was going to die. Something was going to happen and I couldn't get rid of it. And so her doctor set me aside, asked me a few questions, see how I was doing. And he referred me to, uh, so he basically like just gave you a, uh, analyzed you right yes. there in the office. Yes. And kind of was like, this kid with. needs therapy. This wow. is not Age a 11. rational fear at all. Yeah. yeah. And so I saw Dr. Kluge, uh, for a little while, uh, for a few months at least, but f- from then on, I was in and out of therapy from just mm-hmm. different people. But yeah, up that, until this day, 
Yes, absolutely. <laughs> up until this day. Right. So I, in my teen years, I finally got over that fear of death and being clinging to my parents and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I shifted my fear to now the fear of being rejection, rejected. Oh, okay. Uh, so now it's becoming a social anxiety. Now I, I'm afraid of someone rejecting me and not, not, them not knowing who I am and mm. then not, not liking what they see. So it was the same root, which was fear, mm-hmm. but the fear, the, the way that the fruit that came from it now was different. Yes. So exactly. now it was shifted to, I can't be rejected. Yes. So now I'm having self-worth issues. And if anyone confirms my self-worth issues, I'm done for. <laughs> like I'm, that's my worst fear now is that someone's going to see me who, for who I think I am. I think I'm worthless. Right. And now I'm afraid someone else is going to confirm that basically. Gosh. So, so how did that affect the way that you were living day to day? I mean, were you like trying to, I got to be perfect. If I'm perfect, then people might. Yeah. So like I, perfectionism has, has always been huge with me. That is something that I have to have. I have to be perfect at all times. Mm. And if I'm messing up or if someone sees me mess up, I'm immediately angry. So actually when I was younger, I would say that I was a rather angry kid. Oh, wow. I, and a lot of people wouldn't know that because on the outside I'm being Mr. Jokester. I'm, I'm doing, yeah. I'm being the class clown for sure. And so no one really took me seriously. But by them not taking me seriously, then the, I, them seeing me as a joke angered me because now mm. I'm feeling disrespected, even though I'm asking for it by how I'm acting. So I'm not being real. Where did the anger manifest itself the most? At home? At home. Yeah, for sure. Like it toward parents, siblings? Yes. Yes. Definitely was not out and about. I didn't, in public, I never wanted to show that anger. But at home, I'm, I'm yelling, I'm throwing things. I could not control myself when it came to something my sisters may have done or my parents did. That would just anger me. So was that like, was it an anger management problem or was it a depression problem? Yeah, I think it was, I think it was mainly a depression problem and that's how it manifested. Gotcha. Because I was so depressed and and upset with myself and that the lack of perfection, Mm. I I let that out through anger and and emotions and things like that. Because I also also started leaning so much towards depression, Mm -hmm. um, especially around my teen years. Mm. It also didn't help that when I saw my first porn video at age 12, and became yeah. an addict for about 15 years of my life. Mm-hmm. This gave me even more shame and guilt of thinking I'm not worth anything. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Yeah. If you're trying to be perfect and you don't think you're worth anything and now you add this addiction on top of that, you're really not feeling absolutely worth anything. Absolutely. And to other people or to God. Yeah. So now I have this secret sin that I don't want anyone to know about. Right. And now I have to look even more perfect in public because mm. I can't, they can't know who I, I really gotta am. I got to fake it better. Now I got to really fake it. Yeah. <laughs> I got to step it yeah. up. Absolutely. Man. And so this shame and guilt caused me to sink into further depression. Because sure. now I'm just battling with even more demons. It's just piling on. It's piling it on. Is. It is. Um, I rarely truly let anyone in and know who I really was. I just wanted to look like someone that I thought I wasn't. I thought I wasn't worth anything, but I wanted to make people think I was worth something. Right. Which is such a sad, twisted thought because I am worth something. Yeah, absolutely. But at that time, I was thinking that I have to fake it in order to be worth something. Right. Right. So how is that affecting relationships at this point? Yeah. I mean, as a teenager, relationships are huge, right? I mean, so how is that affecting relationships? So actually most of my teen years, I wasn't allowed to date. And so I just kind of would hold that in. It was, it was never being able to tell a girl how I felt was always difficult because I would have like a crush on them. And, and I would just want to, I love you. I love you. I just want to tell you. Well, (laughs) finally, when I was at, when I was 17, I was a senior and I was just like, well, forget that. I'm going to get a girlfriend. I'm just going to go ahead and, and get one. And so I did. And so I had a two week relationship with one girl. Mm, Serious. And oh yeah. Oh yeah. And (laughs) when she broke it off, 
it shattered me. That oh, was wow. that, that was my first massive major, that's massive rejection. Yes, first major public rejection, you know, of where wow. everyone now knows, oh, David just got rejected by someone. Yes. You know? So now that started a whole domino effect of dating girl after girl after girl, just trying to find my fulfillment and purpose in what they thought of me. So my identity is found in what these girls think of me, right. which becomes a toxic relationship. Right. I'm now. Yeah, it's sucking, not fair to those girls. Yes. No. It's not I at mean, all. You're you're making it I'm impossible. I'm sucking the life out of these girls, making them be my god, my savior, trying to heal me, redeem me, all these things right. that are the position of God. I'm putting them in this this place. And since then, I, I thankfully I've been able to contact them and tell them apologize for yeah. that. <laughs> like you know, I, I well, hate that's how that's noble that. of you that because yeah. it, it it just it breaks my heart to think about what pressure I have put right. on it, people in general. Right. You know. So at this point, now you're you're college age. Have you been diagnosed with anything at this point? Yeah, at this point, I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety. Um, with BPD tendencies. What's BPD? BPD is borderline personality disorder. Yeah. So basically my emotions are not consistent at all. Right. I could be in one moment super excited about something and then one bad thing can happen and it will cause me to spiral down into depression. But that if something good happens again, I can go right back up where I was. So okay. it's extremely inconsistent and unstable. Right. It's right. just not a healthy way of thinking. Yeah. You're bringing all that into your relationships. Yes. And so now <laughs> I mean, bringing, you know what I mean? You're bringing yes. that. Yeah. Well, and that, so I'm bring- a, it's probably a good thing you called and apologized to all those <laughs> yeah, girls. I, th- I think so. <laughs> <laughs> but it definitely, yeah, it definitely bringing all that into relationships is not going to help at all. But after breakup after breakup, that caused me to sink into even worse of feelings of depression and rejection, all these things. And right. this brought me to self mutilation. Mm. And my choice was cutting. Some people burn, some people right. do other things yeah, to themselves. Yeah. Um, I chose to cut myself. Mm. And it was this strange sick feeling of release of where I felt like I was, I was just built up with so much pressure inside my skin. I wanted to get out of my skin. Right. I didn't want to be in my body anymore. Right. And so when I cut, there was a strange feeling of that release of where a tension that was built up has now been broken Mm. and I feel better afterwards. And you're controlling it. Yes. And so I'm controlling this pain. I can't control the pain that's happening. When I get rejected by a girl, I can't control that. Right. This I can control. Right. And so I can control it. So I choose when to feel this pain. I choose when to not feel this pain. And that, I really, and I, I didn't even realize that till I'm looking in hindsight, yeah, but sure. at that moment, that's really what I'm And thinking. you're hiding all of this from most people. Yes. Most people yes. have no clue what you're really dealing yes. with. Wearing long sleeves in the summer, all that stuff. Yeah. I and now you bring all of that into a marriage. Yes. Right. You meet Shelby, um, and you bring all of that baggage and all of that, those issues that you're dealing with into marriage. Yes. How did you think that was going to go? Oh, I thought it would fix it, fix everything. That marriage would fix it. Yeah, I thought marriage would fix everything. <laughs> marriage I, I, is going to make it so easy. It's it's just going to completely change my life. All the depression and anxiety will go away because now I have a... You really have, thought that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, wow. I, if someone asked me, I would say no. I would right. say, that's insane. I know right. the biblical truth. Jesus is my all in yeah, all. But, but when it really came down to it, I was like, okay, I, I have a wife now. She can't leave me because that would look bad on Christians. So we're going to stay together and it's going to be awesome. Right. And all this stuff gets brought into And it. your wife, as all sinful humans are, we all, we bring our own stuff into marriage. Yes. So now she's bringing her own stuff into yes. marriage and your stuff into marriage. Yes. And actually we're bringing both, we're both bringing in baggage. That's a little unusual. I'm, I'm bringing in my depression, anxiety, BPD tendencies. Right. Shelby was diagnosed as a child with bipolar, manic depressive, OCD, and ADHD. 
So now you bring all You're that together. All that. That, that's a volatile cocktail, my friend. Yes. Right. Yes. You got a hurricane marrying a tornado. Right. And so now you're coming together and you know that emotions are And, and neither one of you know what to do with all this. Right. Exactly. Right. So then with the failing at my marriage, it, 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 everything in my marriage started to crumble in the beginning. Right. And so with failing at my marriage, mm. this caused me to have even more depression sure. with thinking of now failure. I'm, 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 failure. Just, I'm, I'm a failure. And I've so thought now, this my whole life. It's yes, true. It's I am a confirmed failure. right now. I can't get marriage right. Right. And so literally in my thought process was Shelby would be better off if I wasn't in Without this world. Without you. If, if I wasn't here. Yeah. She needs a better man. And I was convinced that I would never be the man that she mm. she deserves. Therefore, at one point, when after we had a really bad argument, I went ahead and overdosed on my medication trying to take my own life. Mm. Um, I took I overdosed my antidepressant. By the grace of God, it did not kill me. Right. By the grace of God, it simply made me very dizzy. Um, I had a lot of hallucinations. So, oddly enough, I had a lot of hallucinations about roaches, giant roaches. I, I literally thought a giant roach came through my window. I also thought were that you they afraid were, of roaches before this? Uh, yeah, no, I was. I've always been very afraid of roaches. Right. Yes, and so I don't know if that had a part of it. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It was but in it your was subconscious. Freaky. Yeah. Also, I had like some stuttering issues and things, but thankfully that only lasted a 24-hour right. period. But after that, I realized I need to get some serious help. Right. And at that time, I was already I was still part of a recovery program at Regen at Watermark Church, mm-hmm. where I, I was think I know trying... the guy that sponsored you in that thing. Yeah, yeah. I think his name was uh, uh, Ballheaded Pastor Neil Sandler. Uh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, that guy, like, that, that guy, that guy. Pretty cool. I, he wasn't my favorite sponsor, <laughs> but he was he was pretty good. <laughs> there are way better ones out there. There, there, are, there are way better ones, but <laughs> no. But uh, so that group. Um, I was already opening up about my anger and porn addiction, but I did not open up about something like this until it happened. I went ahead and shared what I've been feeling mm-hmm. for a while and the things that were going through. And I was finally starting to find some good healing. Yeah. In bringing all that to light, yes. being yes. honest, being yes. real, finding real acceptance and love. Yes. I still talk to many of those brothers in Christ That's that were awesome. in that group. And it, it was a great support system right. that I definitely needed at that point. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so you're you you've got you're you're starting to get resources. Yes, that you feel like can honestly deal with the things you're dealing with, right? Yes, going to counselors and psychologists that you really trust, right. finding you know people that you can be real and honest with that are dealing with similar struggles and battles right. in their own life. Right. Um, so so how how is this now affecting your relationship with Shelby? How's the the marriage going? Yeah, so through the years, things got better. At the more I kept seeking Jesus with all the different things that you just named off, my depression got better, our marriage got better. We really had to have had to come to a decision that okay, we're both broken. We're both shattered with these right. different issues. Right. We need to be broken together. Yeah. We need to live this life together and say, I need to help you when you're when you're breaking down, you need to help me when I'm breaking down. Right. And bro, I'm telling you, over and over, there's been so many times where I've had panic attacks while I'm in my marriage or and and I'm just I can't even I'm hyperventilating. I can't even breathe. And there's so many times where she could just hold me and, and tell me to keep focusing on her eyes mm-hmm. and just cause me to calm down and just yeah. tell me to breathe. I mean, this is like middle of the night That's kind of awesome. stuff where I have these issues and it is just a beautiful thing yeah. that God has put into our marriage to where we help each other out. Mm-hmm. And she, I, I, she needs to know that from me too, that yeah. I'm not going to trigger her in any way. I'm not, right. I'm not going to purposely press a button that I know is going to hit her mental mm-hmm. illness. That's not fair. Mm-hmm. That's so not you okay. came to this, we're broken together kind of, you know, agreement. Like we're, yes. we're going to be broken, but we're going to be yes. broken together and we're going to love each other. Yes. And, 
and real healing started. Right. And that, that's, yeah, that's, that's truly awesome. when the real healing started. Yeah. And it was really hard work because we had to put all our bitterness aside of different issues mm-hmm. and just understand that we're a team. Yeah. We had to come together as a team. Um, of course, I know your story a little bit. What was it that solidified you two being there for each other in a way that you never would have chosen for yourself? Yeah. So the Lord decided to bring more suffering to our lives mm-hmm. by in February of 2017, we lost our first child, Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, it, it te- she was lost two weeks before her due date. So mm. technically she wasn't a miscarriage. It was yeah. more of a stillbirth because yeah. we have a full grown baby. Absolutely. And so now I'm having to find good mental health while some, someone who's precious to me has been taken. Yeah. Uh, someone who I was hoping for and, right. under- and, and excited about. So now I'm trying to find ways to not sink into my old friend depression mm-hmm. and to be able to find that positivity. And so working with Shelby, me and her both understood that we had no other place to go, but Jesus, right? Even though we you got each Jesus, other, you got Jesus. Yes. That's it. Yes. Even though we know that Jesus is the one who's allowed this to happen. Sure. It's just like when God said, who, who, who do people say that I am? And Jesus said, I mean, Peter said, you are the Messiah, the son of God. Right. And he said, that's right. And the spirit gave you that truth. And he yeah. said, are you going to leave too though? Just like these people left. Right. And Peter said, where else can we yeah, go? Where, where, where else are we going to go? That verse always, you stuck have the in words my head. of life. Yes. That verse always stuck in my head. You Jesus have the words of life. Yeah. I have nowhere to go, even though I'm, I'm angry with you, Yeah, but I know I have nowhere else to go. Well, and as someone, David, who got to watch your story, um, from fairly close, I, I don't, obviously no one had a front seat except you and Shelby, but, hmm. um, you know, I was I was in the first four or five rows, probably <laughs> somewhere around uh, there. Somewhere around there, and and I have watched you guys do the hard work. I've watched you cling to Jesus. I've watched you uh, love each other, and I've watched you. I've watched this growth take place. I've watched the way that you suffered mm-hmm. with Brooklyn and still suffer not yes. having her. Yes, um, I, I've watched that, and and I can say the work that you guys have put in to your lives and specifically in this context, mental health, it has paid off. Mm. Right. And isn't that what mental health is all about? It's hard work. Yes. Right. It's uh, yeah, absolutely. It's hard work. Yeah. And you're still doing the hard work. Yes. Like now, I mean, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like the Lord has done such great stuff in your life, but it ain't over and we still got work to do. We gotta, we gotta move forward. And that's something I've found out in my, you know, my testimony is that, man, if I'm going to get mental health right, it's going to take work. Yeah. And my story is a little bit different than yours, I guess. I, when I look back at my life, I don't see any mental health issues that were glaring at the mm-hmm. time when I was a kid. You know, I, I think if you would have looked at me as a child, you would have said there's a, a well-adjusted, you know, healthy, physical, emotional, mm-hmm. mental, you know, kid. Um I look back on my life and I can start to see, you know, things flaring up that I'm right. like, Ooh, that, that wasn't healthy. And right. that wasn't healthy. And, and the way, so when I was in high school, the thing that I, that brought me the most success and the most pleasure was basketball succeeding at basketball. So, and the way that I succeeded at basketball was to emotionally push myself. I'm an emotional person. And so I would emotionally drive myself to the brink, right? Mm-hmm. Get, I'm, I'm going to, put everything I have into this, you know, emotionally. And that would drive the physical and all that kind of stuff too. But, and then I saw success with that. Well, that's not a big deal when your only responsibilities as a 16 year old kid are 
you know, kind of getting good grades and right. playing basketball. There, you don't have tons of responsibilities, so your body can handle all that right. emotional stress. Well, then I go to, to college. Now I really care about my grades. Hmm. So how do you succeed? Well, what's the most success I've ever had in my life? Basketball. How'd you do that? You emotionally push yourself. Okay, let's do that with grades. Yeah. So now we push ourselves emotionally with grades, and we continue to push ourselves with college basketball. Yeah. Jessica and I were dating at the time, but... I wasn't married to her. I had no responsibilities right. as far as like providing for her or anything like that. Right. Um, I was her boyfriend. Um, and so I started seeing anxiety. I can look back and see anxiety issues in college already. Mm. I remember um, one week of finals. I had two basketball games and a week of finals. And I remember being so anxious that I made myself nauseous and was dry heaving. Oh, wow. Like I remember that. I didn't even put it to anxiety at the wow. time. I thought maybe I got a bug. Maybe I, yeah. looking back, I'm like, well, no, you, yeah. you'd emotionally pushed yourself to the place that your body was reacting. Yeah. So then I get married. So now I've got, I got to be the best husband. Yeah. How do you do that? Emotionally push yourself. Mm-hmm. Now I'm a pastor. How do I succeed at that? Emotionally push myself. Oh, now you got three kids. How do you do that? How are you great dad? Emotionally push yourself until mm-hmm. I got to the place seven years ago on a Sunday morning where I woke up. It was a senior Sunday service and, you know, so there were responsibilities with that as a youth pastor. And, but I, I wake up and my hands are shaking. I'm nauseous mm-hmm. and I'm dizzy. I, I figured it was anxiety, but had no tools to handle it. Right. So I go to the doctor. I get some medicine, probably a little high dosage. Um, I take it. And the next day I wake up and I am in like full-blown panic. Hmm. I'm, I, I'm so anxious. I got to go preach in a chapel service. I'm so anxious that I'm in a side room off of the chapel room and I'm just pacing and, and just walking in circles. I don't know what's going on with me. I remember pre I, I remember going to preach the chapel service. Don't remember anything about it. Mm. Um, and then my emotions just shut down completely. Um, my counselor said, it's like all the synapses have been burned off Yeah, because you, you'd burned them up. Like yeah. you had used all the emotional bandwidth you had, you burned it up, it's over. Yeah. Um, and so for a week, I was pretty much a zombie. Mm-hmm. Uh, scared my wife to death, I'm scared sure. the kids, scared myself. I thought, is this what I'm going to be like the rest of my life? Mm-hmm. And that means I lose my job. Does that mean I can't provide for my family so my wife Which leaves me? just brings out more anxiety. <laughs> now, right. Now your whole life is slipping. You're, yes. You're already feeling anxious. And now you're thinking, well, this anxiety is going to cause my life to slip out of my hands. Right. Even more anxiety. Right. <laughs> now it, it just builds up. And people that struggle with anxiety, and I've been diagnosed with just a general anxiety, uh, anxiety disorder. Mm-hmm. And um, people that just struggle with anxiety, the worst part is being anxious about being anxious. Exactly. Like that's the exactly. worst yes. thing is we start getting nervous about being nervous. Yes. And you don't, and at the time I had no tools. Right. Like I didn't know right. how to deal with any of this stuff. Yeah. And so I went and saw a counselor and that began a process of understanding myself, mm. understanding my mind, understanding how I was coping with stressful responsibilities mm. and how I was not dealing with them properly. Yeah. And, and so for, for seven years, I've been on a journey of trying to fill up my toolbox with as many tools as possible yeah. to be able to deal with life better. Yeah. And to to deal with the responsibilities that I have in a way that is loving to everyone else and is also 
healthy for myself yeah and finding that mental health and peace at accomplishing what God has called me to accomplish and and so we just wanted to to kind of start this whole podcast not just this episode but this whole podcast with our testimonies to let you know that we are two broken people who bring our mental health struggles into this podcast we are not experts uh, at this topic at all. We are people who deal with it and struggle with it mm. and are passionate about it. And, and I so, just want to just say something absolutely. real quick, Neil, just with every, the beauty of what happens of when God intervenes is that you went through all that. Mm-hmm. And then I saw a man who was broken, right. who was undone. Yeah. But how God reshaped you was yeah. a beautiful thing to see. Your preaching mm-hmm. changed, your ministry changed the way you came at a much more humble attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, when, you, when you preach, there are moments of a little bit of cockiness, would yeah. you say, in the past? Yeah. You know, because you knew theology and you enjoyed theology, and that was a great thing. Right. But you wouldn't understand if someone disagrees with you. You're like, well, it's obvious. You know, right. there was a certain humility that overflowed you yeah. once you went through what you went through because you were like, you know what? It doesn't matter. Right. If people disagree, none of that matters. It is right. now all about loving people let's love each and other that and, was evident and, yeah. that, and it made your preaching more powerful and it yeah. made your ministry more powerful yeah. so i just want to say that it's well, amazing thanks, how man. god redeems things like yeah. that i think i think the lord doing that and bringing reshaping you you as you said you know it's made me a better pastor i think yes. it's made me a better friend i think it's yes. made me a better husband and father and absolutely um you look back on those times and you wish that they hadn't happened in the moment you're wishing they weren't there. And then you look back on them and you Mm. see what God had actually done. And so um, let's move David to talking about um, getting to the necessity of mental health. And uh, let's, that's what we're going to do next. Neil, as you said, we want to move on to another topic. Why is mental health important? Right. Why does it even matter to talk about? Yeah. Because when you think rightly, you live rightly. Yes. Yes. And when you think wrongly, you act wrongly. Yes. This is common life math. Yeah. What is it? What is it? Uh, um, if the truth sets you free, error binds you up. Yes, exactly. Our thoughts control our feelings and often our actions. Yes. You also don't have to be diagnosed with some severe mental issue right. to have mental issues. Absolutely. It's, it's a common thing that every single human being deals with in one level or another. Right. And it's just as real as physical health. Mm-hmm. And we got to make sure that we're taking care of our minds just like we take care of our bodies. Absolutely. That's, that is huge. We take care of other things in our lives. Yes. We got to take care of our minds the same way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. And if you want to be physically healthy, are you going to have your diet consist of candy and snacks and chips and all that kind of stuff. No, right. you would not want to do that because you understand that that's going to make you. And unhealthy. then just sit around, don't exercise, yeah, yeah. don't do nothing about not it. Do anything, and, be a couch potato. You, everyone yeah. would know that that means you're going to gain weight. You're yeah. not going to be physically. It's going to be bad on your heart. It's going to be yes. bad on all kinds of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So then why are we allowing junk to fill our minds? Yes. Why, whether it be negative comments towards ourselves, watching and listening to, to things that bring us down. Yes. I mean, letting jealousy and bitterness consume us and so on. Yes. All these things and so much more can hurt us mentally. And we need to keep ourselves healthy, both physically and mentally. Yes, absolutely. Mental health issues are normal in a broken world. Say, say that again. Say that again. I was about to say. Because that is so important. Mental health issues are normal in a broken world. Right. If we have a broken, sinful world, which we do, and we have all these physical issues that right. we see, right. 
we need to understand that these mental issues are just mm-hmm. as important and just as normal. Yes, we get sick. Our bodies get sick with viruses, with bacterial infections, yes. with all this other stuff. Our minds get sick as well. Yes. And we got to take it, take care of it. And so we, we're going to use the, we have used the word normalize and we're going to mm-hmm. use the word normalize a lot in this podcast. We want to normalize mental health because we live in a broken world and it is normal to have mental health issues in a broken world. I'm so glad Amen. that you said that because that's huge. Yes. So then thinking about that, how does the world generally respond to mental health issues? Well, I see it with two different spectrums. And this is from Christians and non-Christians. Okay. You got the the ones who still don't find it to be normal, but they say that you go ahead and get help. They say, you obviously need to be fixed. This isn't normal, so you need to get fixed and take your pills, go to therapy, whatever it is you need, and then come back when you're fixed. So it's on that one side of where Do, it, it's it, not normal. And, and, and those people typically, um, if you're having mental health issues, you're crazy. Yes, exactly. Right. So you exactly. need to go like bring in the white coats, take exactly. this person off. Right. And then when you get fixed, come back. Right. And you can be in normal society again. Right. And what's crazy is for a lot of cases with those kinds of people, other people can look into their lives and be like, well, you got a lot of issues yourself, right. <laughs> but we're not yeah. able to see that for ourselves. Right. So then you got that, that one side and then you got the other side where they want to make mental health issues so normal that you can make an excuse for everything that you do wrong mm-hmm. and, and just use it as a cop-out. So say right. you aren't seeking any help and you're not taking any medication, but you know you have these issues. But and I can't help it. I got I, mental I health issues. I can't help it. Yeah. And so then you yeah. maybe you don't show up for work or you don't show up for a friend. You when treat people you. like crap. You and treat then, people yeah. badly and just right. say, listen, listen, this is me. I can't change that. Right. When the answer is no, you can change that. Right. You can work on yourself. You can and I get do better. understand if you are still struggling so deeply to to just get around and function, but you're doing the best you can by seeking help, having medication, then we're praying for you. Right. You're on this journey. It's a part of the journey. It's okay. You're going to yeah. get better if you keep seeking help. Right. Yeah. Both sides and, and both sides go too far that yes. way. In either direction, both sides go too far where they say it's not normal, but go do whatever you need to do so you can become normal again. And the right. other side that says it's very normal. In fact, it can't be changed. Right. We, we don't want to be on either one of those sides. Absolutely. We want to be in the middle. Right. So, I believe that all mental health issues are always both physical and spiritual issues. Yeah. Amen. However, the way you fight your mental issues are often not just through spiritual means like prayer. Oh, I stop right there because I've heard Christians say that (laughs) all the time where mental issues get fixed by, hey, you just need to know what God's word says and pray about it more. Pray it away. And I, I know in my situation, I was a pastor. Right. I know what the Bible says. Right. Like right. I, I never went into counseling and my counselor, he's a Christian counselor, but I never walk into counseling and my counselor go, listen, let me tell you what the Bible says. <laughs> he said to me one day, he was like, you're, you're the pastor here. Yeah. You know more about what the Bible says than I do. So this isn't a matter of you don't know the Bible or you just need to trust the Bible. But, but I think that because people don't know what to do in the Christian world sometimes, right. that's, right. that's the answer we give. Right. And yes, we use God's word, but just knowing what the Bible says is not going to fix all the issues. Right. Unfortunately, many people that think that, that think that we have to just go to scripture or just pray, they separate anything that's physical or doctors or things like that. That's of the world. Right. And the Bible is of God. And we only right. want to go of God when what we know as Christians is we 
are on this world to redeem it, to, to connect the kingdom and the right. world back together. Right. That is what we're supposed to do. And there are physical means that God gave us to, to help mentally. Yeah. And doctors and doctors and medicine is a miracle gift of God. Exactly. So I, it's weird that we, we do that with medicine for mental health where it's just like, well, just pray that God will give you whatever's deficient in your brain. Right. When we don't do that with, <laughs> we don't do that with food, like take protein, for instance, right? We all uh-huh. know protein is the most important thing that we could do for our body. Mm-hmm. Give ourselves, you know, eat that grilled chicken breast because it's full of protein. That's going right. to be good for you. But we don't say, you know what? No, I'm not going to eat the grilled chicken breast. Right. I'm just going to pray God gives me protein. Exactly. You know what I mean? And, and so put it in my body. Somehow. Right. And so we're not consistent sometimes, but again, it's that not normalizing mental health. Right. That, and so people don't know what to do yes. and people love Jesus and they're trying to help you yes. and they probably mean good. But when they say, Hey, just read the Bible and pray about it. That's not always going to be the fix. Right. Instead, more than likely, you need a physical means like medication. Right. But that doesn't make it any less spiritual, though. Right. Absolutely not. That, that is simply the physical means God graced us to help with our broken minds as a result of right. sin. Yes. Yeah. So, now, now, sometimes it is a spiritual battle uh, that you need to fight through prayer and help of others. But sometimes it could be a psychological problem right. where you have an imbalance of brain chemicals in your brain and you need medication to level it out. Because again, this is a result of a broken world. Yeah. Things don't work the way they're supposed to Yeah, and because and, of sin. And I know we're very familiar with medication. I take medication for my anxiety and, and uh, I have for seven years mm-hmm. because what I figured out is that somewhere along the way, uh, whether I was born this way, or whether I change the physiological makeup of my my system, uh, I do not produce enough of what I need to produce to bring my anxiety down. So if right. I get anxious, my anxiety goes way up, right. and it stays up. Yes. And it can stay up for a, a day or two until my body shuts down because mm-hmm. it can't do it anymore. And so what the medicine does is the medicine, and it doesn't matter what coping techniques I use. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter what Bible verses I quote. It, it doesn't... It stays up. What my medicine helps me do is it helps produce the things in my body so that when my anxiety does go up, I can still think clearly enough to use God's word, to pray, to use the other resources, to bring it back down to an appropriate level. And that's not any less spiritual. Right. I would even argue that what that medicine does for you, say you're trying to read truth in the scripture, but you're built up with so much anxiety, that truth is not entering your mind right now. You can't even compute it. So the anxiety slows your brain down and helps you soak that in. Yeah. The medicine you, does. Yeah. The medicine. And yeah. so, so yeah, the, not yeah, the it's not the anxiety, the, the medicine, yeah. the medicine does, which yeah. causes you to slow down to where you can fully grasp that truth. Right. And now you become even more spiritual. Right. So sometimes it is a spiritual battle yes. that you've got to fight in a spiritual way. And sometimes it is a physiological, psychological battle that you need to use the other means that God has right. given us to help with that area. That's a great point. Absolutely. I love that. And another reason why mental health matters is, as we all know, suicides are a global epidemic, Mm -hmm. and especially here in the U.S. Right. According to the National Institute of Mental Health and other sources, as of 2019, suicide was the 10th leading cause in the U.S. alone. I'm sorry. Uh, As of 2019, suicide was the 10th leading cause of death in the U.S. alone. Right. Now, mm. when you think about all the illnesses, oh my goodness, car accidents, all the other ways people die, all the other ways that people die, and put that as suicide being the 10th in the top 10, yeah, that's huge. That's huge. It's very significant. 
However, in 2020, they saw a slight decline in suicides by 5.6%. Now, that's Co- that's weird. Yes. Yes, that was not expected. Because you would think during COVID, right. numbers would go up. Right. Now, COVID bumped them onto 11th because that became right. COVID the became, top 10. Yeah, right, COVID-19 right. became top 10. And, but, but also with that decline, this could be for a variety of reasons. It seems many people have sought more counseling due to the effects of the virus having had on their everyday life with them mm. losing their jobs, staying home more, people dying, trying to grieve and all, working through all those things. But the, the doctors did not expect this. At the so it's, of the al- year. it's almost like what COVID did. I mean, just to touch on a minute, you know, to something very current that we're dealing with. Yeah. It's almost like what COVID did is because people were staying home. Because people, you know, were self-isolating, because there was such a change in the normal life. Yeah. It's almost like people, it made people aware, oh, I could be susceptible to mental health problems here. Yes. And so counselors are now saying and doctors are now saying that it seems like more people actually started going to counseling and getting help for mental health during a time when they thought everything would go up and actually dip down a little bit. And this goes with the argument that we need to talk about mental health. More. Yes. Because if you're talking, it seems to be helping just right. the mere fact that we're opening up. Yes. Now, it's obviously this decline is not a huge thing. And so this is still a huge epidemic, but we right. only, only 5.6%. Yes. So it's so still, we certainly hope and pray that the decline decline continues, Yeah. but by no means should we be like, okay, great. And you know, things are getting fixed. Right. No, we, we have a lot right. of work. And we'll do, do, we'll do an episode on, yes. on suicide for sure. Absolutely. Uh And, uh, I mean, and that's our goal here with the podcast. We want to normalize mental health, right? Where we can together understand its importance and talk about things that many people are thinking, but they're just not talking about. They're too scared to open up because they don't want anyone to think they're crazy. Yes. And what I want to make sure we do on this podcast is that I send a message to each and every one of you who are thinking you're crazy, thinking you can't open up. You're not crazy, right? You can open up. We're here to talk. You are not alone. Right. That if if I can send any major message to everyone at the end of this podcast, it's that you are not alone. We just right. shared our struggles and our issues. We all have them. I mean, Neil's a pastor and he has these mental issues. Mm-hmm. This is a real thing that everyone is experiencing. Right. And we need to talk about it. Yeah. Plain and, 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 and David and I are going to make ourselves uh, available. We want you to be able to reach out if you if you need help, if yes. you need to talk about it. And when we can you know, give you the resources we have, and we can also yeah. push you in direction um, to get other counseling and professionals that can that can help you. So please, as David said, you're not crazy and you're not alone. Um, this is it a very important topic, and, and the Bible actually even addresses this topic, and that's where I want to move next. There is a biblical case to be made for us to take care of our minds. I, I want to point out two basic things from Scripture. There's so much that we could get into, but I, I just want to give two things for us to think about in this episode. Number one, God made human beings with a mind, yes. right? We all agree right. on that. If God created, then God created our minds, right? And just like with any other part of our body, he expects us to be good stewards of our mind. He expects us to do what we can to keep it healthy. Yes. Everything God has given us, he has given to us for us to steward properly. The truth is my mind is not my mind. 
It belongs to Jesus. And my responsibility is to govern what Jesus owns. That's why we use the word steward, right? right? I am to steward my mind because really it belongs to Jesus. Mm. He created it and then he died to buy it back. And, and so I want to take care of what God has given me as a good steward of the resources. And so just like I'm supposed to take care of everything else, God has given my mind to me to take care of. When God created Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter one, he does, he does basically gives them three things. He gives them a covenant Mm -hmm. that they're supposed to keep. He gives them a, um, a commission that they're supposed to do. Take the glory of God, fill the earth, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. But then he gives them what they're supposed to do with creation. And he tells them that they are supposed to have dominion over the earth. Yes. Dominion over creation. Nothing in creation is supposed to have dominion over you. You are supposed to have dominion over it. This principle of dominion, this principle of being a good steward of everything is used throughout all of the rest of scripture for human beings not allowing anything to rule over them. But for them to be good stewards, good governors, good good dominioners, I don't know if that's a word, but uh, we're going to go with it, dominioners of all these things, including our body. Uh, think about what, what Paul does. Mm. Just take what Paul does. Paul says, you should not be drunk with wine. Right. Now, you're supposed to be filled with the Spirit instead. But the reason why you're not supposed to be drunk with wine is because if you're drunk with wine, wine is now having dominion over you. Exactly. Yes. You're not governing it. It's governing you. Right. Do not be sexually immoral because when you are, sex is governing you. Right. You're not being a good steward of your sexuality. Mm. Do not be a glutton because when you do, food is ruling over you. This principle is taken throughout all of scripture and is used. This principle should be applied to our minds. I should want to take care of my mind as a good steward, just like I am with everything else. I want to be a good steward of my heart, of my muscles, Mm -hmm. of my joints, of my lungs. There are things that we do and we do not do in order to make sure that we are being a good steward of our body and the things that we put into our body. Right. And the same is true for our mind. And I think it's important with what you just said about not letting things control our mind. I've heard the argument before, don't take medication because it controls your mind and you right. need to be controlled by the spirit. Right. I would argue if, if from everything we've said previously in this episode, mm-hmm. what if you start with knowing you have a broken mind, right. you start there, right. knowing there's already a lot of things wrong with it. Right. The medicine is supposed to take you back to where your brain's supposed to be working. It's supposed to give you enough chemicals to work a certain way. So it's not that it's controlling your mind. Mm -hmm. It's actually causing to clear your mind a little bit. And that's the reason why the doctrine of sin and the doctrine of the fall are so important to get right. Right. Because that's the foundation by which we're working from. I have said all along about my anxiety medication. My anxiety medication doesn't make me somebody I'm not. It allows me to be who I'm supposed to be. Exactly. And, and... Let me make this statement. This is going to be, this is a big statement and, and it's, let me just say it. And so you can think deeply about it. If you are not taking care of your mind, then you are not doing what God created you to do. Yeah. You can say, I'm taking care of this and I'm taking care of that. I'm taking care of this and I'm taking care of that. 
Good. You're being obedient in that area. Right. But if you're not taking care of your mind, you are failing in an area that God has created for you to have dominion over. Right. Um, and he expects you to. Now, the second thing, not only is the, the, the attitude of being a good steward important, but the other one is as Christians, we are to present our bodies as living sacrifices. Let me read Romans 12, one and two. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So the way that I present my body, the way that I act is a is spiritual worship to God. I want to act holy. I want to act in a way that is worshiping God. And then he says in verse 2, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. So Paul tells us, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Hmm. This is only made possible when we renew our minds. Right. I cannot present my actions as worship to God if my mind's all jacked up. Right. If, if I am, am so unhealthy in my mind, if I am so messed up in my mind that I can't think properly, how in the world would I ever present my body as a living sacrifice? Exactly. So what I'm arguing is this is about sanctification. Yes. Yeah. It is about looking more like Jesus. Sanctification is the process whereby I am transformed and conformed into the image of the Son. How can I be transformed into the image of Jesus if my mind and my mental health are not a priority? Right. If my mind is not healthy, I cannot behave properly. Think rightly, act right. Right. So mental health is essential for sanctification. Yes. So I've, I've basically argued two things. I've said mental health is essential for being a human being. Mm-hmm. right? Human beings are supposed to have dominion over everything of creation. So mental health is essential for being a human being and is essential for being a child of God. Mm. You have got to look like Jesus and you are not going to look like Jesus if you don't have dominion over your mind. Right. And you're not going to be what you're supposed to be as a human being if you don't have dominion over your mind. So mental health is important because God desires for us to be good stewards of our bodies and we will not be able to present our bodies as living sacrifices to the utmost potential unless our minds are healthy. So mental health is the key to being a human and to being a new way of being human in Jesus. So given this importance, we need to use everything at our disposal, everything we can in order to be mentally healthy. Of course, we start with God's word. Mm. This is a, this is a podcast underneath Calvary Hill Baptist church, right? Of course we use God's word, but we also use counseling and therapy and we use medicine. Right. And what we're going to do, David and I have talked, what we're going to do on our upcoming episodes is we want to focus on all of that, on, on God's word, on counseling, on therapy, on medicine, all of these tools. And hopefully we will get insight into how we can use them for God's glory and for our good, how our mind can be used mm. for God's glory and our good. So if you have stayed with us, thank you so much. Yes. Uh, I, I know that we are super excited about this. We hope that you are as well. Please like us, uh, review, share, 
uh, on all the socials that will be out there. Subscribe. We, uh, we thank you so much for being a part of this first episode. We look forward to what God is going to do in the future. And uh, let's, let's keep our mind right so that we can live right. Amen.